Well, good morning. Feel free to have a seat. Glad for those of you who are joining us online today. What a wonderful day it is here, at least in Spokane, Washington, because we got an extra hour of sleep. So that's amazing. Get to show up feeling refreshed at church. What a wonderful time it is to be together awake on a Sunday, right? What an awesome thing. Hey, we're going to start a brand new series today in which we called Comeback Season. Now, We've been through a season throughout 2020 that has been a pretty difficult season, to say the least, correct? And this was a season that we all have probably could have never projected, never would have been able to quantify the effects of, and would have never been able to see, uh, uh, looking out ahead, what it could have been or what it would have done. But throughout this season, we have all experienced some level of setbacks, have we not? We've all experienced setbacks in our life, whether it's been a business setback, whether it's been a relational setback, a financial setback, a school setback. You know, we have all gone through a lot. But we're believing throughout this series that when we experienced setbacks in life, God oftentimes, when we pursue him, turns those setbacks into comebacks. And so that's what we're believing for throughout this series that we're going to go through for the next four weeks. Let me start off with a story that's found in 1 Kings chapter 20, all right? This story is about what we see take place is a war-torn soldier stands before his king and recounts something that happened in a battle. And here he is, bloody and bruised and bandaged, and he stands before his king. And while this soldier was in this battle, he was given this charge that another man he was supposed to watch and guard for his life. And that if he lost this man he was supposed to watch and guard, his life would be forfeit as well. And so here this soldier stands before a king and says, I was given this man to watch, and they said that if I lost him, my life would be forfeit. And I was, some things took place and happened, and then I lost him. And the king kind of said, hey, you're going to have to pay for that. And so in 1 Kings chapter 20, let's read this together. And as the king passed, he cried to the king and said, Your servant went out into the midst of the battle. And behold, a soldier turned and brought a man to me and said, Guard this man. If by any means he is missing, your life shall be uh, for his life, or else you shall pay a talent of silver. I'd probably take the talent of silver if I was the guy. But you have to also realize that, And that day for a soldier, it would have been like a half a million dollars. So it would have been a lot of money he wouldn't have had. And then in verse 40, and as your servant was busy here and there, and battle was happening, things were going down, arrows, and who knows, right? He was gone. And the king of Israel said to him, so shall your judgment be. You yourself have decided it. The king is like, you're coming to me, telling me that this is what happened. And then the the one thing you were supposed to do You had your chance and you failed to do the one thing someone told you to do and you already knew your life was going to be on the line and then you lost this guy? Well, the judgment is going to stand. But here's a little like uh, plot twist is that this soldier standing before the king actually wasn't a soldier. It was a disguise. And so it was a prophet disguised as a soldier. And the point of this lesson in which the prophet uh, did this display for King Ahab was essentially to put a mirror in front of Ahab and to say, the the soldier that you thought um, I was in this battle was a mirror to say, you were given a charge, Ahab, to watch and guard, and you failed. 
that you were so you had an assignment that you were supposed to do, King Ahab, and you failed to do it. You failed to watch and guard what you were supposed to do. And so it was supposed to be this like mirror that the prophet put in front of him that said, the, the man is you. The man that we're looking, thinking about and talking about is you, King Ahab. And so while, you know, King Ahab's story and his, uh, what brought him to this event, you know, there was some other historical and theological implications regarding some other things that took place, this other guy named uh, Ben-Hadad. But what was most important to Ahab then might not be most important to us today, but there are leadership and personal lessons that we can learn when we read stories like this. Even though they were historical events, we can still read them and use them to go, well, what does that mean for me today? And I think what it meant for Ahab is maybe a little bit different for us today, but needless to say, the same thing of that, like the prophet was trying to put a mirror in front of King Ahab and saying, you're the man that failed the assignment and God is displeased and there's going to be a punishment for that, that we can also do the same thing and put a mirror in front of our own life and go, what has God called me to do? That am I walking that out? Am I doing that? Because did you know that you were also given an assignment, just like in this story, to guard and watch someone? Did you know that? That God has called you and said that you are to guard someone and watch someone. And this person is the most difficult person to guard and watch on the face of the planet. That you are called to babysit the most difficult person. And wives are like, okay, thanks for talking about my husband today. Like, this is going to be nice. No, it's not your husband, okay? That the most, who's the most difficult person for you to watch, you to guard, you to take care of is yourself. Yourself. And that God has called each and every one of us to guard and watch yourself. And that if we fail to do that, then we fail to, to become the very person that God wants us to become, the assignment that we have been given. Because the most difficult person for us to watch and guard and keep is ourselves. We are most suited to deceiving ourselves. We are most suited to and being capable to harm ourselves. You can be your own worst enemy, right? We've all been there where we are our own worst enemy, that we are to watch ourselves, guard ourselves, keep ourselves. And if we put a mirror in front of ourselves and we looked into that and said, are we doing that? Am I becoming the person that God wants me to be? Am I guarding and watching my soul, my mind, and my heart? And if we don't do that, then we are losing something important, which is our very life. That just like the, the story of that soldier in there, in that, in that passage that he got busy going from here to there, and then the man was gone. Much like our life can be when we get busy and we go from here to there, then the very person in our very life that we thought we would have, the very person in which, who we thought we would become, so easy a year, five, 10 years down the road to look back and go, how did I become this person? Those of us, um, those of you who are more seasoned in life, you probably know that, you've experienced that and go, these decisions led to this event and how did I get here? How did this relationship, how did my marriage, how did my business, how did my finances, how did my kids, you know, what, my schooling, whatever it is to go, how did I get here when I look back? 
And that if we're not paying attention and we get busy here or there and not pay attention to the most important thing that we are to guard our heart, our soul, and our mind, what can happen is it loses. It's like water slips between our fingers. And it's like the very version of ourself that God meant us to be slips away and our life escapes us in who we thought we would be and what we might become. And you don't want to end up months, years down the road where you are immature, selfish, bitter, angry, being coddled by others. And we believe that through this series that it's time to rise up. For some of us, that might be a wake-up call to rise up. And that when life deals us setbacks, it happens. Those of us who think that life is just going to go one trajectory forever is disillusions to reality because life happens. Setbacks happen. And when those take place and we get set back and there's seasons in life that we go through, we have to be able to rise up and come back because if we don't, we end up losing our own life. So we have to guard ourselves. Guard yourself. Jesus said something to the effect of that we can go through life and you can end up losing your soul. Maybe you, you remember that verse. It comes out of Matthew 16. I love how Eugene Peterson puts this to help put it in context of what it might be like to lose your soul. He writes in the message in verse uh, 24 of chapter 16, Then Jesus went to work on his disciples. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me, and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way, to finding yourself, your true self. What kind of deal is it to get everything you want but lose yourself? What could you ever trade for your soul for? That there's something about ourself Losing yourself, who you are in the midst of a season that, that deals you setbacks. We're not meant to just be busy focusing on all the circumstances in life all around us. Or focusing on certain um, you know, things that we see that we really, really want. And what can happen if you gain everything that you're trying to go after but end up losing who you are. Your own self, your relationship, your soul in the process. There's warnings all throughout the Bible that tell us to guard or watch or keep ourself. Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your hearts above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Let that sink in. Guard your heart above all else, because it is your heart which determines the course of your life. Where you'll be in a year, five, ten years down the road oftentimes is the emotional decisions that we make in our heart and out of our heart. And if we don't guard that and keep that, where you'll end up being a year, two, ten down the road is determined by the issues that steer, that result from and come out of your heart. Because our heart is so easy for us to get emotionally wrapped up into relationships, business, work, school, whatever it might be, and those issues in our heart oftentimes grab the steering wheel and steer for us. And if we're not careful about guarding who we are, it will steer us in a place that we don't want to be. Jude put it this way. Keep yourself in the love of God. Keep yourself, in, in uh, chapter 21, keep yourself in the love of God. 
waiting anxiously and looking forward to the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ, which will be with you to eternal life, which will bring you to eternal life. Keep yourself. Jeremiah said in chapter 17, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and des- desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? And then Jesus said this to his disciples in Mark 14, keep watch and pray. Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. There's something about keeping watch over your own life because our bodies are weak, right? How many of you have ever done a diet before? I've done a diet before. And it's like those Oreos are easy to eat, right? Our bodies are weak. Like it's easy to to like gravitate towards those things, let alone habits that you might have in your life that have been ingrained for months or years over time. Our bodies are weak. And even though our spirit might be willing, like, yes, I want this type of life. But if we don't set up systems and strategies and we don't guard and watch and pray over our own very life, what can happen is the weakness that we experience through our bodies and our mind, our spirit, right? We easily fall into those. And so that means that we have to watch and pray. There's, there's like this like uh, intentionality of, you know, imagine having to stay up all night long, let's say, and you're watching for like, you know, enemies in battle or whatnot. There's an intentionality, like you have to be actively involved. And in our own spiritual life, we have to be intentional about our spiritual life and intentional about our spiritual formation, which means that we are, are actively in the word. Each of you would have got one of these uh, Bible reading plans on your chairs, And this is something that you don't leave on the chair, you take with you, all right? Take this with you, because when we read the Bible, when we go through Bible reading, um, and we read every single day, it's those things that nourish our heart, nourish our spirit. It's those things that we not only get encouraged in nourishment, but we also get equipped. That the Bible equips us and shows us how to live. That when we face setbacks and we understand and know the scripture and it's in our mind and in our heart, we know how to respond to setbacks. That if you have a financial setback, the scripture tells us how to respond in light of finances. That when you have a relational setback, the, the scripture tells us how to respond in light of relational setbacks. That understanding and having the scripture a part of your daily activity means that you'll be encouraged, strengthened, and equipped in life. And, and Jesus also said to pray that, that this isn't just read your Bible and close it up, but what we have is this Bible, or Bible prayer and journal that we pray every day. We engage our spirit and we ask the Lord for help and we, we um, um, have a relationship with him. And then those of you who like to write, Keep writing, journal. Those of you who don't like to write, let me challenge you to journal even the most simple things as you read. Because there's something powerful about when we take something in, uh, in scripture, and it goes in our mind and in our heart, and then we commit it to paper. There's something powerful about that when you have something, you say, I feel like the Lord's telling me this, and you actually commit it to paper and write it down. There's a powerful thing that takes place there. And let me encourage you, be in the word. You know, in order, if you've been set back, if you want to experience that comeback, it doesn't just happen uh, just um, because, you know, randomly. No, there's usually systems, strategies in place. That means that you might have to set your alarm clock 
30 minutes earlier so that you can get up and actually spend time in the Word. Let me challenge you. Will, will you join me in going through this Bible reading plan over the next month? I personally hand-selected every single scripture on here. Now, some of the scriptures on here will be kind of supplemental to what we're talking about and help reinforce what we're talking about. But I also put on here some of my favorite psalms. And these psalms that would encourage you, that would help you guard your heart, encourage your spirit, and that, that you can be actively uh, going through that with me and other people. Life groups, you can talk about that. Another thing is be with a group of people that have the same focus. We call those life groups here. And so if um, uh, you're online, yes, we have a digital version of this card that you can also grab. We also have li a life group that you can be a part of online as well if you're not uh, uh, wanting to be in person yet with other people. We have plenty of in-person small groups that are currently meeting right now, but be with other people who pray for each other that pray for help, that read the Bible together, encourage one another. It's those things that you have to intentionally invest into. And that when we don't intentionally invest into reading the scripture and, and, and uh, uh, nourishing our spirit or being with other people, you ultimately will continue to fail because our body is weak. We need other people. We need to guard ourselves and have those things in place. It's easy to give into the weakness of the flesh. So guard your heart, your spirit, your mind, your soul. So I think there's two things that overarch that we need to guard against. Now, there's probably more than that, but for our purposes, two things. First is guard against giving in. Guard against giving in. Now, it's easy to give into lots of things, right? One is distractions. Distractions throughout COVID have been rampant, right? Those of you who are online right now, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because one of you or all of you probably have, you know, uh, the service up on your TV or maybe a laptop. And you just, you can pull your phone out. And as I'm preaching right now, it's okay. You're watching me and I'm not watching you. But you have your phone and you're going through social media, you know, or whatever as I'm preaching. Distractions are so easy. So unless you're watching it on your phone. Put it down, all right? Right here. It's easy to be distracted. Now, I'm in a graduate program right now, and oh my goodness, like, it is so easy to be distracted all throughout schooling and trying to get things done. There's all other, you know, there's, you could watch, uh, binge watch Netflix, you got social media, or like putzing around the house just doing little random projects, and, but forgetting to focus on the most important thing, which is guarding your heart, your mind, your soul, and your spirit. Guard against giving in to distraction. What about giving in to lies? How many of you have ever thought something like, I'll just always be this way? Thinking about maybe destructive habits or patterns or setbacks in your life, the lies of like, I'll, I'll always be this way, or I'll never be able to break that, or I've tried before and it doesn't work, or I guess that's just, it's just going to have to be okay that I'm, I'm this way. There's those lies that we repeat in our mind that saying like, I'll just, this is just how to always be. It's those things that don't give in, guard against giving in. What about other people's plans for your own life? You know, if you don't take control of your life and you don't rise up and come back and you don't guard against, you know, the, the other things in this world, you don't put up boundaries and systems and strategies to, to nourish your heart and soul and spirit, other people will make choices for you. Other people will say, hey, why don't you come to this party this weekend? Or why don't you go do this? Or let's go do that together. And you're just going, okay, I guess we'll just do your plan. 
But, you know, God's given us a plan that we have to guard against. Guard against that. Second thing, okay, guard against giving in, but also guard against giving up. Giving up. What about giving up control to a substance? Guard against giving up control to a substance, alcohol, or uh, any type, form of drug. There's a reason why it's called being under the influence, right? That if we uh, give up our control and we become under the influence of something different, well, all of a sudden, you're not in control anymore. And you will make stupid decisions. You'll make really dumb decisions. And that when you... Uh, live in a way that you give up control to a substance, that's the, that thing determines the decisions for you. Guard against giving up control to, to like a substance. What about guard against giving up control to emotions? That it can be so easy where you get set back and life deals you something really difficult, and then it's just like emotions swing you from one end of the pendulum to the other, and that comes out on family and friends and this and that. Guard against the, uh, being controlled by emotions. What about being controlled by habits? Where we have habits in our life that are, are destructive, guard against giving up control to those. What about this? How about uh, giving up just because it's hard? You ever thought about that? Like sometimes there's not like just one thing you can pinpoint other than just like life is just really hard right now. Guard against giving up because it's hard that it can be really easy to want and desire to throw in the towel, however you want to define that, of life, and guard against giving up. Because while it might be really difficult right now, that God is with you, and this too shall pass. God is for you. He's not against you. He loves you. He cares for you. And then that even though life gets really hard, seasons get really hard, it's hard to follow Jesus. It's hard to continue, you know, uh, with the, the, the swinging of uh, different orders or this or that during all this COVID stuff. Whatever you want to say is life is hard about, a relational thing, a financial setback, whatever it is, sometimes just life gets hard. And guard against giving up because it's hard. Press in. God is there. God is not only there to help you rise and so you can have that comeback. But God is good. He is faithful. He will strengthen you. He will sustain you. He, he will, not only that, but he'll empower you. He'll give you the grace to press on another day. Don't give up because it's hard. There are moments in life in which we all get knocked down. It just happens. Life happens. And whether it's because we lose guard we get busy, you know, going here or there like the soldier, and then, oh, <laughs> something happened, right? We lose guard. Or maybe just life circumstance that no one could have ever controlled, that we get knocked down. And maybe for some, this is like a wake-up call, that it's time to rise up and begin your comeback story. Whether it be a financial, relational, school, health setback, over the next couple weeks, we're going to focus in on some of these key issues. Next week, we're going to talk about what happens when you've been set back by your own vision. In the sense that what happens when all life circumstances around you end up taking your vision off Jesus and you have all these different things you might be trying to juggle around you. What happens when you get set back by vision? In two weeks, we're going to talk about what happens when you get set back by your own thoughts. 
Mental and emotional health is super important during our season right now. And we can be our own worst enemy. And how do you get off that merry-go-round of destructive thinking in your own mind? Happens when you're set back by your own mental or emotional health. And then in three more weeks from today, we're going to talk about what happens when you get set back by others, right? Like, I didn't do anything. They just set me back, right? It was them. Like, I was just here. What happens when you get set back through, let's say, a relationship or other people, and it wasn't even your fault? Like, when other people cause you to get set back in life. Those are the things that we're going to talk about over the, these next couple weeks. But this is the start of defining your own comeback story. However life has dealt the cards life's dealt you over the next over the, over the last couple months. So it's time to rise up. Let me tell you a story, uh, a historical story about D-Day, all right? June 6, 1944. This was the, the very single battle that turned the tide of World War II, all right? This was the largest amphibious assault in human history, and it was the largest uh, uh, deceit since the Trojan horse. So Germany knew that the Allied forces were amassing and coming for them. You can't have that much uh, troops and force amass and not know it's happening. So Germany knew what was taking place. They even knew the day it was going to happen. They knew it was going to happen on June 6th. They just didn't know where, where it would take place. So they, they had this uh, uh, thing called the Great uh, Atlantic Wall. And so even though they knew that this was coming, Germany just thought that the Atlantic Wall was impenetrable. And so it was expanded from like the Arctic all the way down to Spain. And even though they had all their guns and their pillboxes and all these different things and they were watching it, they just thought, we're going to be able to watch this wall and nothing's going to be able to get through it. And so the Allied forces, they set out to trick Germany on where they were going to land. And so what they did is they, they tricked them into thinking that they were going to land into the south of France versus where they ended up landing in Normandy, which was, uh, I believe, in like central France. And so what they did was on the morning of D-Day, early morning, they sent out paratroopers that were actually mannequins that flooded all over the south of France. And even on some of these uh, mannequins that they dropped, they had bombs attached to them so that when they hit, they, were, they uh, uh, blew up and stuff like that. And then they also uh, had a bunch of inflatable trucks and tanks. And they inflated all these trucks and tanks and placed them in strategic locations that when there was the air reconnaissance looking down, they saw these tanks, these trucks, mannequin, you know, uh, paratroopers were falling, and they thought that they could trick them into that. Now, the other key thing, detail here was not only were they doing that, it just so happened to be that at the time, Hitler was so confident in his ability to watch this Atlantic wall that he actually had a problem about sleeping in. He wasn't a morning guy. And so the, he was so overly confident that even on the morning of D-Day, he slept in. And that even when his highest ranking uh, officers found out that, oh, those were actually mannequins that were dropping over there. Early morning, they didn't want to wake him up. They were so afraid to wake him up early that they didn't do it because they needed his explicit personal approval to divert reinforcements, uh, the entire uh, like Panzer division or whatnot, down uh, or up to central France. And they didn't do it because they were so afraid. And then what happened, you know, even though it was really, you know, it was a, uh, just a horrific day, the Allied forces overtook it. And they, they were able to kind of dig in before the reinforcements came. It was the single uh, uh, 
turning point of the war right there. Now, here's the, here's the point of this. All right, it's like, well, that's kind of interesting, is that you can't win a war while you're sleeping. You can't win a war while you're sleeping. That when you're asleep and life deals you setbacks, if you're sleeping on those setbacks, it's time to rise up. That doesn't mean that you're not allowed to sleep in in life, okay? Sleeping in is good. Today was an example, right? But what happens is that when there's other circumstances going on in our life, and if we just put it on cruise control and just think that life is going to go on, it'll be great, and you're overly confident about your physical, mental, emotional, spiritual health, life is going to pass you by, and like water through your fingertips, you're not going to be the version of yourself that you thought that you should be. And so it's time to rise up and start that comeback. Here's what Paul wrote to the Roman church in chapter 13. He says, And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and in drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and in jealousy. Rather, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. That there's something about putting on the righteousness of God. And here's what Proverbs 24, 16 says. And let this sink in as this might be an overarching banner over this entire series that for a righteous man may fall seven times, but will rise again. It is the wicked who fall from calamity. That, it, that even though life hits and life happens and it deals us setbacks, we are called to guard ourselves and watch ourselves and keep ourselves in God's love. And that when we do that, we put on the righteousness of God that happened through Jesus Christ by paying the price on the cross for us. That when we said yes to him, we were counted as righteous by faith. But then daily we have to guard and watch ourselves because we are weak. And when we do that, it is the righteous person that might fall down, but will rise again. And how you rise again is largely determined on the, how you guard and watch and keep yourself. That much like how Jesus said, there's the man who builds the house on the rock and there's the man who builds the house in the sand. And when the waves of life come and pound against your walls of your house, those who built it on the shaky ground of the sand, it will fall and tumble. But those who build their house on the rock, who is Jesus, and you guard and you watch and you set foundations in your own life with strategy and importance and intentionality, it is that that even though life might beat against you and you might get knocked back, you will continually rise again. And today might mark the day for you, those of you who have been set back through COVID, those of you who are, on, are online and in your home, and you might be afraid, you might have sickness, you might, whatever it might be, and that when life deals you those setbacks, it is in those moments that, that when we guard ourselves and we've set up and we've uh, developed a, a, um, 
a deep well of, of spiritual formation that we've been grounded. We have been taking those things. We've taken the, the word of God and we've implanted it and, and deep roots down into our heart and into our soul and our mind is being renewed and we're constantly focused on who Jesus is. It is in those moments, in those hours, through the preparation, through all the planning, through you opening up and waking up early 20 minutes before the kids do and you read your word, it is through those moments that set up the guardrails and that's you saying, I'm going to guard my heart, I'm going to watch my soul and my mind, and I'm going to keep myself in the love of God. And when you do that, life's going to deal you setbacks, but God is there, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, you will rise, and the righteous man might, or woman might fall seven times, but will continually rise again. And today, it's time to rise up and start your comeback. Let's pray. Lord, we need you. God, in spite of all that happens in life, Lord, you're the one that we want to focus on. God, you have given us a mission to guard ourselves, watch ourselves, keep ourselves. Lord, and we need you in that. We are weak. But in our weakness, your power is made perfect. And Lord, we ask that you would fill us with the power of the Holy Spirit. That even in spite of our weakness and the things going on around us, we want to rise and press in and guard against the things in this life that might take us away from you, who you want us to be, the calling that you've placed on our life, the version of us that you have called and equipped and made us into being, that we wanna live the full life that you have for us, Lord. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your love and your goodness and your faithfulness. Might we walk in that each and every day. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Let's worship together.
Thank you again for joining us online today. We're glad that you decided to share your Sunday morning with us. If something from the message or worship stood out to you in any way, or if you're in need of some prayer, we do have pastors on standby ready to connect with you. Just hit the prayer button on your screen. Also, if this was your first time, we're glad that you decided to tune in as well. There is a connection tab that I want to invite you to click because somebody is standing by ready to chat with you and get to know you a little bit better and help you find ways that you can feel connected and like you belong here at North Church. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope to see you next week.
Thank you again for joining us online today. We're glad that you decided to share your Sunday morning with us. If something from the message or worship stood out to you in any way, or if you're in need of some prayer, we do have pastors on standby ready to connect with you. Just hit the prayer button on your screen. Also, if this was your first time, we're glad that you decided to tune in as well. There is a connection tab that I want to invite you to click because somebody is standing by ready to chat with you and get to know you a little bit better and help you find ways that you can feel connected and like you belong here at North Church. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope to see you next week.